This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Braden. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a stormy Monday evening. Glad to have you with us. It's uh, what an exciting weekend of racing we had here in Michigan and the surrounding areas. We have so much to break down, so let's get right into it. Let's see what's going on in a Motor City Minute. Riley Herbst felt it was too long since his last trip to Victory Lane, and Sunday he was able to rectify that, leading all 33 laps and winning the Arkham Menard Series Vicecom 200 at Michigan International Speedway. Riley's last win, 88 starts and three years ago at Pocono Raceway. Speaking of MIS, Kevin Harvick went to victory lane both Saturday and Sunday during the doubleheader weekend for the Cup Series. Harvick held off Michigan native Brad Keselowski for the Saturday win before edging Denny Hamlin to the line on Sunday. Steven Nassi scored his second Southern Super Series win of the season, dominating the Georgia Summer Nationals at Crisp Motorsports Park. The Pinellas Park, Florida driver took the lead on lap 52 of the 125 lap feature led the rest of the distance. In addition to the $5,000 winner's check, Nassi also collected the $5,000 double down at the next town bonus after competing in the last Southern Super Series event at Five Flags Speedway on July 31st. And the Dirt Car UMP Summer Nationals will have to find a new way to close out the 2020 season. As Oakshade Raceway announced this afternoon, they will not host the birthday race in 2020. Ongoing COVID-19 restrictions in the state of Ohio are listed as the reason for the cancellation. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the social distanced MCRP studio. Rich, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Zach, and I have to ask you, you went down to Nashville Fairground Speedway this weekend. How was your first plane flight? Hey, that was awesome, man. Uh, I, I felt like a top fuel dragster in staging on the runway, and uh, <laughs> that was really cool. I'm looking forward to my next opportunity to jump on the old big bird. Well, now I got another question for you. Did you uh, happen to catch any of the extracurriculars uh, that happened at Cedar Lake Speedway in the World of Outlaw Morton Building Late Model USA <clears throat> Nationals on Saturday night? I, you'd pretty much have to live under a rock at this point to have not seen what Bobby Pierce and old Turbo had going on. Well, it was a rough night that probably should have been solely about celebrating Brandon Overton and his history-making performance at Cedar Lake. After all, Big Sexy controlled the final 56 laps in Saturday night's 100-lapper to score the $50,000 win in his, and his first career USA Nationals title and becoming the ninth different champion in as many years. Well, unfortunately, due to the acts of others, uh, his dominance won't attract all the love that he deserves. Uh, it all changed on lap 85 when one caution created one of the craziest and most shocking moments in World of Outlaws Morton Building's late model series history. The infamous incident between Tyler Erb and Bobby Pierce quickly sent social media into a frenzy. There was contact, there was retaliation, and more retaliation, and more retaliation before a crew member became involved. And ultimately, Zach, a World of Outlaws official went flying to the ground. Herb was disqualified and towed off of the track to the booze, of, uh, to the booze from a standing room only crowd, while Pierce was also sent to the pits for crew members entering the racing surface. A full penalty report with additional ramifications for the incident is expected to come in this week. So, oh boy, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And uh, But in the end, Zach, the $50,000 check still cashed the same way this morning 
for Brandon Overton. Yeah, and you know, I saw Bobby Pierce tweet about that, and uh, his only thing that he really said publicly was, uh, on social media, was the fact that he felt bad that Overton was overlooked in this whole deal. So congratulations to Brandon. What a great job. And um, we're, we're looking to see what uh, Turbo has, uh, you know, He's definitely not shy about anything, so uh, we'll see what he has to say coming up. Tri-City Motor Speedway was where I was at on Friday night, Rich, and we'll talk about the Great Lakes Sprint side of things. But first off, I have to tip my cap to the IMCA Modifieds that were in attendance. About 17 cars showed up for $1,200 to win Friday at Tri-City Motor Speedway, and they put on a show. And it all started in heat race action, Rich, where both heat race finishes came in at not under one second, not under a tenth of a second, Rich, but the heat race finishes were at four one-hundredths and six one-hundredths of a second at the finish line with side-by-side racing through the whole night. Craig Vance edged out Tanner Prey by just over six-tenths of a second for his heat race win in heat race number one. And then Kevin McFarlane and Chance Allen went at it in heat race number two with McFarlane getting the win by four one-hundredths of a second across the line. And if that wasn't enough, uh, the feature race left nothing to be desired either. $1,200 on the line. Matt Zazzotti from Clio, or Clio rather, went to victory lane ahead of Nate Jones, Craig Vance, Chase, uh, Chance Allen, and Austin Wanch. And uh, what a show they put on at Tri-City for the IMCA Modifieds. Great job, great show, and it just goes to prove, Rich, sometimes when the big names aren't there, you get some of the bigger shows or some of the best racing on the track that you might see all season uh, because there were some notables that weren't in attendance on Friday night, and uh, you almost forgot they weren't even there with the show that you saw with the product that you got on track. That's awesome, and and you talk about big names, Zach. One year after running out of fuel, leading with three laps to go, Tyler Roerig scored redemption uh, last Thursday with a fifth win in the Summer Sizzler. Uh, at New Paris Speedway, extending his overall record uh, in the Outlaw Super Late Model Crown Jewel. The Plymouth, Indiana driver started 18th after setting fast time for the fifth year in a row and worked methodically his way through the field throughout the 100-lap event. Uh, he found himself second after the final restart with 33 laps remaining and challenged Kalamazoo Speedway track champion Adam Terry for the race lead, but with less than 20 laps to go, Roar worked his way around Terry on the high side, driving away and sealing the deal. Uh, this year's Summer Sizzler was Roar's 50th career win. And Zach will talk to Tyler about his latest victory, among some other fun things, a little bit later in the show. Well, so back to Tri-City, we, or I, had a chance to go and catch the Great Lakes Super Sprints and Great Lakes Traditional Sprints alongside the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints on Friday evening for the final stop of sprint car action at uh tri-city for the 2020 season and it was a barn burner for all three divisions let's uh, specifically take a look at the great lakes lightning sprints it was brendan cascaden who appeared to have things wrapped up until a caution with just three laps to go bunched the field back together before jack nichols came back and won for the second straight time at tri-city nichols used the outside of the racetrack to get around cascaden in the closing laps and went on to victory, becoming the first repeat winner of the series for 2020. Then it was the Great Lakes Traditional Sprint's turn, and Jay Steinebach pretty much stunk it up. The driver out of Hudsonville, Michigan, put his 10S machine on the bottom of Tri-City Motor Speedway and used a snail's pace to hold off Joey Irwin and Brian Ruhlman. A late race restart in that division as well would not be enough to end the night for Steinebach, I caught up with him after his first ever Great Lakes traditional sprints win back in the pits following the event. We talked in victory lane. That was one of the slowest feature events I think I've ever seen. And you said the same thing. You were basically parking it in the center of the corner. Recap again now that you've had some time to mull it over. What was that race like for you? And why was it that you found so much success on the bottom? You know, on the hot laps out there, I, I was kind of peeking it, and I could see a little moisture down there, and I went down the back stretch and stomped it, and it pulled both front tires right off the ground, so I knew I had something there. Um, and, and around the corners, there was just enough to kind of plant the left rear and right rear a little bit and, and uh, scoot it down the straightaway, but yeah, I think I only turned this thing six, six grand, 6,500 in the feature, something like that. Talk to me about the mindset that it takes to be able to do that because sprint car racing a lot of times is about keeping them wound up right using that momentum 
and Joey Irwin was doing that on the top shelf for the early part of the race. He was right alongside of you for a long time. How do you keep telling yourself, be patient, this is going to work? You know, that's something I've been working on personally is, is making myself patient when I need to be and, and going balls to the wall when I need to be. And that was one of those times I had to tell myself I had to be patient with the car and let the car rotate and stop and rotate the corner and get in and out and whatnot. That was a, that was a tough race to run because I'm usually balls to the wall. You're packing two cars away right now. Obviously, you ran the Great Lakes Super Sprints, uh, brought home a top 10, maybe even snuck into the top five at the end, fifth uh, at the end. Um, successful night for you. You pick up a win, put them both in the box. Yep, no damage. You know, I, I uh, thought there was still a little bit of a bottom there, and it, it just with the wing car, it wasn't there enough, and I, I should have went to the top sooner, but, you know, I had a couple cars pass me around the top, and I went up there, and then I was kind of keeping pace with them, and, and I just didn't have enough to, to reel them back in and get by them again. Jay Steinbach, congratulations. Look for you at Merritt on Saturday. Yep, we'll be up there. Well, a great job by Jay. I know he's uh, really happy to get to victory lane, and he alluded to the Great Lakes Super Sprints portion of the show where uh, he took just a little bit too long to get to the top side, but it was the driver out of Perry, Michigan, who found victory lane, the 2016 Great Lakes Super Sprint Series champion. Uh, Chase Reinauer held off Jared Horseman, Dustin Daggett, Max Stambaugh, and Jay Steinebach for the win. And there seemed to be a theme this night. A late race caution would prove no problem for Ridenauer as he went to work ripping the lip around the Auburn-Michigan Speedway and brought it home. Uh, his first win for his new car owner, uh, and that's uh, Greg Wheeler. We had a chance to catch up with not only Chase Ridenauer, but Greg Wheeler as well back in the pits following the Standing race. Standing by with the duo who got it done here tonight with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, Chase Ridenauer, car owner Greg Wheeler. And I'm going to start with you, Greg, because you and I have talked about this young man here standing to your left, yeah. and you said he's a great shoe, but i got to fine-tune him a little bit. He goes to victory lane tonight. How proud are you of him and his accomplishments here? I'm so damn proud I could almost cry. And that's, uh, you know, you, 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 you want to help somebody really as much as you can. And when Chase um, sold all of his stuff, he didn't have a ride no more. And we talked at the banquet, and then all of a sudden everybody's bloated up saying, you know, this is the deal, this is the deal, and it wasn't the deal, but when a couple things kind of went in a different direction, that's when the, the deal came together. And, and we've had a little problem, not a problem, a little time to try to learn each other what we want. And I was, the way I ran the car was totally different than the way he does, but I've got to make the car right for him I'm not the driver anymore but I'll tell you one thing it makes me more nervous being the car owner than it ever did being the driver so um. now yeah talk to me about that because that's one thing you know you used to win in your own stuff all the time and, and you know you said it's got to make sense for me to do this and it's starting to make sense your best finish coming into tonight chase was I believe three fourth place finishes he's getting very consistent yeah and that Wheeler Motorsports car is is one to beat almost every week well, we, we, we put a lot of effort into it. You can't, you know, you can't believe how much time Don and, and Alex put into the car and, and everything they do. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for them helping us do what we do, we wouldn't be able to, to be here. The main thing is, is we don't want anything failing. We always try our best to make sure that everything's put together correctly so that we don't have a problem because we're actually playing with this young man's life. And the last thing that I want to do is, is cause him any 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 harm. So uh, I'm so so proud of him. He's done a he's done a super super job, and uh, we can only uh, hope that we get better. Talk to me about what you just heard, Chase, as a driver, as a young man who really, when we talked on the show last time we had a full length interview, you said I I'm just going to plan on working in 2020, and if something comes up, something comes up, you get a full time ride with Greg thanks to him. What do those words mean to you hearing them come from your car owner? Well, they mean a lot. I mean, it's uh, takes a special person to, uh, you know, say things like that when, I mean, we're not really like a family, but I guess we kind of are. Um, He's got to put but, up with you enough. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and it's like, a lot bigger it's, than me. It's, it's like you said, I mean, it's, we've been consistently top five around that area this whole year. Um, and it's just, it was just kind of learning each other. I mean, Everybody always butts heads on certain things, like setups or, you know, I believe in this, you believe in that, and that's fine. I mean, you put them ideas together, and I think you're a lot better. 
Um, instead of just one idea, I think multiple ideas are better. And uh, I think that's what's going on here. I mean, we had a lot of success in the past. In the last couple of years, it was slowed down just with funds and everything else. And it feels good to be back. I mean, that's it kind of gives you that confidence booster back up to where it needs to be. Quick math says it's about two years and 346 days since you get a Great Lakes Super Sprint sanctioned win. Have you felt every day of that and that want to get another win? Yeah, especially the uh, second place finishes. I mean, there's I would hate to guess how many second and thirds we've had in them last pretty much three years. Uh, I mean, I know we picked up a win at Butler in 2018, um, but you know, everything's just been a spiral. You know, not really downhill. We've still been consistent top five, but um, just not quite what we where we were in 16 and 17, uh, winning races, a championship. Um, so I think everything's kind of going back that way. And um, my biggest thing is to be a threat to everybody else. Greg, you've seen him get it done. You guys have got it done as a team. That first one sometimes is the hardest to get over. You got a lot of years behind you. Are you excited about what's to come here for the last half of the season? Oh yes, uh, absolutely. It's it's a case that you know the, the more we race together, the more we're going to learn, the the better we're going to get. And dang uh, it! <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That's the other thing about this too, you guys, yeah. is what a popular win this was too oh, for you guys yeah. to get back to victory lane. Both yeah. of you, right? It's been so long for both of yeah, you. Yeah, because the last race that I won when I was driving was 2013, and then I got or 2012, and then I got hurt in 2013. So, you know, it was a, an opportunity to buy this team, and so in 2019 we did, and you know, it's just um, we just needed to get all the pieces to the puzzle put together. And I think that, you know, we're, we're on the way to getting the puzzle put together. And uh, I just can't, I can't thank the fans enough that come that have, you know, showed their support for us. Uh, I know a lot of people, Chase knows a lot of people, and, and, and heck of it is, you know, they come out of the woodwork and, that, <laughs> and it's all good. So we, we really appreciate the fans. Well, guys, congratulations. Welcome back to Victory Lane. Excited to see what you can do in about a week at Merritt Speedway on Saturday. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, I told Chase just a little bit ago, I said, we're a winner for a week and one day. There you go. You got a whole, you got all eight days to yeah, yourself. We, we got Great job. Greg Wheeler, Chase Ridenauer, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to get a chance to catch up with them after the race. Uh, Greg Wheeler, Chase Ridenauer, pair of great guys, Rich, and uh, uh, they love sprint car racing. And so it was, uh, as I said, what a popular win. I think almost every team went down there and congratulated them on getting it done. And the grandstands loved seeing Chase Ridenauer go back to get a win. That's awesome. I, I, I like seeing things happen uh, for good people. You know, we had, like you said, we had Chase in the show. That was awesome. Uh, so very proud of those guys. But, Zach, I had my own fun this weekend, and you know that. Oh, yeah. Um, it was time for the largest event staged in the state of Michigan in this crazy summer we've been going through. The 30 se 32nd annual Ed Van Dynan Woodtick took to the quarter-mile dirt oval of the Merritt Speedway, and what a weekend it was. Over 160 race teams were on the property, Zach, which included 32 UMP late models for the third annual Dan Soleil Memorial, uh, paying $10,000 to win the 75-lap feature event. And Friday was all about determining the field for Saturday. A pair of 25-lap qualifying races were on tap, which were basically feature events. Uh, with Chad Finley and Eric Spangler picking up victories. And first, I caught up with Chad to talk about his run. Chad Finley picking up the win in the first one. And uh, I don't know what you saw, but uh, three wide lap number one, the move of the race uh, turned out to be real big for you. Yeah, uh, in the heat race there, Schlank actually got tight two or three times. I've seen the heat race. So I kind of backed my corner. I'm getting into one, expecting that to happen. It's exactly what happened. And we got through there and uh, took off from there car looked really really good uh a lot of the lot most of the guys in the feature that were leading uh turned a half a second faster than what you qualified oh yeah you know the tracks are taking a little rubber there so uh, hopefully they can work on that for tomorrow uh, we start seventh now so that's going to be a little tough but there's a lot of good cars here and uh hopefully we're up for the challenge 75 laps just like you said start seventh uh not a big task from there if you got a good racetrack to work with yeah 
it's all about the race. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? So, uh, I mean, it was hard on tires here tonight. Um, we were, I didn't have much left there at the end. We probably shouldn't have capped them like we did, but uh, had a good car there. Beat some really good cars. You know, Schlenk's hard to beat. He got me in a heat race. Uh, he got me qualifying by two thousandths of a second. That was like 550 bucks he beat me on, and then he beat me for 200 there in the heat race. But uh, we'll keep working on it. See what we got tomorrow. All right. Have a nice night. Relax, and uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. All right, man. Thanks. See you soon. See you, buddy. Thank you. And Zach, uh, Eric Spangler probably needed to win more than anyone. He's had some solid, solid finishes in 2020, but not a lot of checkered flags to show for it. Uh, and uh, I caught up with Eric Spangler, and this is what he had to say. Well, back in the pit area following the even qualifying feature and uh, Eric Spangler picking up that win tonight. We talked a couple of weeks ago, sick of running in the top five, finally got a nice win tonight, 25 laps. A lot of cautions late in the race kind of slowed that slowed the pace down of that deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was way too many cautions. Um, so I, maybe it'll probably be a lot better tomorrow on the caution deal, but it was a good run. The last few cautions, Travis seemed to get away from you a couple times. On the last one, uh, you, you took care of that problem and then drove away from him by two seconds. Uh, was Did his car go away or did yours just come alive on that last restart? I would say a little bit of pole, probably. So uh, now we got 75 laps tomorrow. Uh, obviously, you got a good car. Uh, what are you thinking? How do you like your chances? Well, I think we have a great car for tomorrow. Um, we're gonna, you're gonna have to mind your p's and q's for a lot of the race. Um, you know, that's a long race. We don't race many 75 lappers, and it's gonna be a different driving style tomorrow. And you're also gonna be in the dash for cash tomorrow. Uh, first thing right out of the gate, they're going to do the late model right. and the mod dash for caches. Is that because you don't have overnight to work on the car or take any chance? Are you going to have to drive that race just a little bit differently and be, and, and, and be a little more careful? Yeah, as you can see, the right side of my car, I, we, I don't think we got a tire mark in it. Do you, do you see a tire mark? For the first for the first time in a while, right? Yeah, we, we, you, haven't, we haven't seen you working on the race car today. Yeah, I don't think there's a tire mark in the car, and that's the way I want to keep it all weekend. So... Yeah, we're going to watch our P's and Q's. Well, Eric, great, great job tonight, and good luck tomorrow. Hey, thanks a lot. And by the end of Friday night, the first nine rows were set for Saturday's 75-lap feature event. The last chance race uh, would be run on Saturday morning, to, or Saturday evening, actually, to complete the field. But it would be David Melke and Travis Stemmler leading the field to green. Stemmler, who's been uh, on a hot street of lake, late, winning four straight feature events across Michigan, Picked up where he last left off, Zach, and jumping to the point on lap number one. Uh, for the next 50, 65 laps, it was the Travis Stemmler show, as he was never really challenged throughout the event until, and these late race cautions will get you every time, Zach, inside 10 laps to go, tighten the field up, and it was Jeep Van Wormer and Eric Spangler jumping all over your race leader as Spangler made a nice move to the bottom with three to go to get to the inside of Stemmler. And as Spangler made a nice move to the bottom with three to go, uh, Stemmler was up for the challenge as he held off Van Wormer, who got by Spangler on the final lap as well. In the end, it was Stemmler leading all 75 laps, capping off his biggest career win. And I caught up with a thrilled Travis Stemmler afterwards. Well, the 32nd annual Wood Tick is in the books, the Dan Soleil Memorial, and the hottest guy on the planet right now, Travis Stemmler. Uh, $10,000, 75 laps. What an awesome car that was tonight. Oh, it was. Um, there at the end, it, you know, we just started falling off a little bit, but uh, this thing was awesome to drive. There was a lot of uh, different situations we ran into out there, and uh, it, it was a fun race. It was really fun. Car looked like early and through the middle of the race, you could put it just about anywhere you wanted to. Oh, this car was glued to the to the middle, to the top, you know, the bottom if we had to. It was a little slimy still down there, but it was uh, it was still good. Talk to me about the last five laps because that's when it got interesting. You had to get up on the wheel. This wasn't an easy run at the end. You had Spangler and Van, Van Wormer in the last five laps uh, giving you all you could handle. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know about uh, Jeep coming, but... Uh, I, I've uh, seen Spangler's nose, and uh, when I seen that, I was like, I got to get up on the wheel. I was having a little trouble with uh, a lap car there, and uh, I was like, well, I just got to use them for my advantage and uh, go from there. Think about it. I know it's been, you've had a little bit of time to calm down a little bit of all the excitement. The biggest win of your career, 
kind of put it into perspective? Uh, it's just dream come true, man. Uh, I've always wanted my name on the shirt. This place is not my favorite place, but to win at one of the biggest races ever here, uh, the names on that shirt, it, this place, like I said, the team, I mean, this is huge. This is everything I've ever dreamed of. <laughs> now we're going to give you another shot. Tell us all who makes this possible for you. Uh, first and foremost, I got to thank Chad and Kayla Anklum at Anklum Racing. I got to thank Great Lakes Directional Drilling, uh, uh, AP Smiley Contracting, uh, Heinz Tree Service, McKillister Cat Rentals, Gary and Sheeran Patrick, Cusack Collision, Positive Cleaning, Fist Trucking, Twisted Monkey, uh, Buddha's Drinking Team, Prime FX. They make the car look great. We won the best looking car contest this weekend. Thank you to him. Pro Power Race Engines, Vermeer, uh, Rocket Chassis, Integra Racing Shocks, um, Class A Auto Parts, just everybody that makes this possible. I can't do it without them. Uh, Twist and Monkey, uh, uh, Hotch for uh, helping me in the shop and everything, and uh, you know the Slays for putting the show on. Mike Blackmere and the All Star Performance. I gotta thank them. I gotta thank uh, Lane Automotive, my wife, my kids. <laughs> There's a list, man, but I gotta thank them all. So. Well, we'll let you get back to your family and friends and celebrate once again. Congratulations. Fantastic job. Thanks, sir. It's always good talking to you. And, Zach, the race finished with a great battle for second. And uh, I caught up with Jeep Van Warmer following his runner-up finish. With your third-place finisher, uh, second-place finisher. He got he got by Spangler at the line. Uh, Jeep Van Warmer. Man, talk. first of all, let's talk about the middle of the race. You just kind of rode along a little bit around that top five. Yeah. Um, you know, these 30s are a tricky tire, and... I didn't want to get too aggressive on it and, and, and burn it all up. We, our car wasn't the best, honestly. We were we were way too free. I thought it was going to stay way uh, wetter than normal, but uh, yeah, we just rode for a little while. You guys had a little bit of a chance. You Spangler and you you ran down Stemler, and it got wild in the last five laps. Yeah, for sure. We needed uh, we needed about four or five more, and I think we'd have that'd have been a good run there. Just found that middle groove down in one and two, and it worked out really well for me. So. Looks like you guys would have had a better chance. Travis catches a little bit of lap traffic, and and, and that was kind of the difference with the last couple laps. Yeah, for sure. Travis ran a great race, man. To, to lead 75 uh, like that is uh, that's tough, you know. And uh, there was a lot of lap cars, and, and um, it was a good race. I I'm, I'm, hope the fans enjoyed it. I know it's late, but I hope the fans enjoyed it. Who all helps you out on this car? Uh, we got uh, Northeastern Fabrication. We got uh, Chris and Billy and uh, Kenny and. Um, Bay Fire Protection, All-Star Performance. But tell you, awesome run, Jeep. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. And Zach, uh, Eric Spangler honestly looked great all weekend long and, and really did a fantastic job. And uh, I tracked down Eric following his third-place finish. Caught up with your third-place finisher, Eric Spangler. And, uh, man, another solid run for you here. Uh, pretty much it car looked really good for all 75 laps. Yeah, we had a great car tonight. I got to thank um, my two major sponsors this weekend, um, Forge Construction and uh, Senior Insurance Solutions, Bruce Hall, um, A&L Training Post, um, Bab Ford, Fist Trucking, um, Texas Refinery, A&L Training Post. I probably said that one already, but I think that's about it for now. Talk about the last five or ten laps. You were really closing in on Travis. He couldn't make a mistake because you were right there. Uh, and then he just caught a little bit of lap traffic at the right time. Yeah, he got around that uh, number 16 car, that lap car. And when he got around that, that lap car, I don't know, he let off about midway down straightaway, and I had to really check up for that. And that gave him about five, six car lengths, and it took me too long to close that back in. And by the time I closed it back in, we were in lap traffic, and we didn't have enough racing groove out there to do anything. So There was a lot of talent in this race. I mean, halfway through the field, if you'd have tried to handicap it, you could have put 10 or 12 guys that could have won this race. Uh, you one of them. Uh, you pretty happy about a third-place finish? Yeah, um, we're happy. Um, um, we got it done the night before, and um, we had the car. We had a real good car. We, we, we could drive everywhere. And a third-place finish here is great. I mean, there's 34 late models, and... Shit, probably 20 of them could win this damn thing anytime, and uh, they're all real good. And um, I think some of the late models drivers here just need to, uh, some of them need to um, learn that hard racing is uh, different than dirty racing. And when they learn that, 
we're gonna have a great show, a better show, and the fans up there, and uh, they'll be talking about it all week that way, yeah. and um, we'll see. Well, still, nice third place finish and excellent run. Uh, not very nice performance tonight. Hey, I, I, thanks a lot, and um, we'll see you all next week. You got it, Eric. Thank. And Zach, uh, a couple other nice finishes of note. Dona Marcoulier, who came from his 13th starting position to finish fourth. And then the youngster, Logan Nickerson, completed the top five. Nice run for those two as well. Uh, in other Wood Tick feature events, Jeff Erickson Jr., who has been strong all season long, would pick up the big $3,000 payday for the dirt car, uh, UMP Dirt Car Modifieds. Colin Thoroughby grabbed the checkers in the B-Mods. Danielle Robinson picked up the win in the Pro Stocks. And it was Josh Nolan Factory Stocks and uh, Nick Genema in the four- and six-cylinder class who also found Victory Lane. So, Zach, a great weekend at Merritt. Uh, congratulations again to Travis Stembler and an impressive run. What an impressive run he's on right now. And, um, you know, we'll get Travis in here to join us in just a little bit. We'll have some fun with him later on in the program. Yeah, we're going to talk with a pair of guys who are $10,000 richer following a weekend of racing. We have to take a break before we do so. The, uh, the guy known as... Tyler Roerig, and soon will probably be known as Mr. Kalamazoo, maybe Mr. New Paris. Who knows? Uh, we're definitely going to have to change his name, though. That's coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, the local company began servicing clients in 2002. Suspension Max serves the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. Learn more about what they can do for you at SuspensionMax.com or call 1-888-629-9226. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. This is Andrew Shai, driver of the Merritt Speedway in Cedar Valley 77 Sprint Car, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening. Time for our first interview tonight, Rich. It's our pleasure to be joined by the guy who kicked off the uh, big winning weekend, which ends up being the theme of our show tonight. Uh, talk to us, or tell us rather, who our first guest is. Well, Zach, uh, he's not only a two-time defending champion of the Kalamazoo Clash uh, and a two-time winner of the Glass City 200, but last Thursday picked up his fifth summer sizzler at New Paris, also his 50th career win, makes his home in Plymouth, Indiana. Tyler Roerig, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, first of all, congratulations on your win on Thursday. Uh, like I said, your fifth summer sizzler. Um, are they still as sweet as the first? Yeah, you know, uh, it's been like four years since uh, since I won one, and then uh, everyone knows what happened last year, running out of fuel with two to go and a big lead. So, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was pretty happy to to uh, get the win Thursday night, and especially after starting so deep, and you know, I had to work pretty hard for it. So it was uh, it was pretty satisfying. What is it about you and New Paris? I mean, you're consistently. Uh you really do dominate at that racetrack uh, so much so that I think they may have to change the name to the Tyler Rourke benefit one of these days. Uh, but, but I mean, there's really a lot of talent in that race and, and you just keep winning. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure really every year at that race in practice, I'm like, man, I don't, you know, I can go fast, but it's like, you know, am I, am I going to be able to race good? But uh, you know, I've just, I've raced there my, whole life really that's where i started out racing and uh my family's raced there actually since the 60s so 
you know, I've been there a lot. I've got a ton of laps there. Just, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like, I know what field I'm looking for in practice and how to translate that into, into making the car maneuverable in the race. You know, such a, such a tight racetrack and, and there's video posted on your Facebook page of you taking the lead from Adam Terry, I believe it was, and using the, I don't want to call it the outside line because there's still so much racetrack up there, but really um, you went around his outside. Talk to me about racing that racetrack and, and how tough it is because it's very unique um, and, and what it took to be able to get the job done. Yeah, you know, New Paris is a, is a pretty unique track, and uh, you don't see a lot of guys go there for the first time and run that great just because it's it's just different, you know, and it's it's really easy to overdrive it. And, uh, you know, both corners are, are quite a bit different, and, you know, it's pretty low grip and hard to pass on at times. Uh, it seemed like Thursday night it was pretty hard to pass, even for me. You know, I had to work pretty hard to pass. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's you know, just tight quarter mile racing. And, uh, it's, it's really extremely hard to pass on the outside, but, uh, they started putting, I think it's VHT. I'm not exactly sure what they use at new Paris, but, uh, they started applying that to the outside groove and that, and that really helped a lot as far as making it, uh, making the track more racy. You know, you, you put the helmet on inside a lot of vehicles and you're very successful when you strap into a race car, but you mentioned it running out of fuel last year and, and the heartbreak that that brought on and, and just, you know, looking to dominate that event. What was it like when you did take the lead? You know, obviously us race car drivers, we know you start hearing every little thing in the race car when you're leading, but was there some added intensity at this year's uh, race going, man, if anything goes wrong again, um, two years in a row, that's just going to be devastating. What were you thinking as you were running those final laps? Yeah, you know, um, I knew I had a pretty big lead, but uh, really the only thing I was thinking is is no yellows. Just, uh, you know, I just like to get it over with mm-hmm. when I get in the lead. But um, I was I was positive I wouldn't run out of gas because, uh, you know, I found a problem with the carburetor actually this uh, – actually last week because uh, – I won at South Bend two weeks ago and I was out a fuel after the race there. Wow. Like couldn't even drive it back to the trailer. But, um, so I got real lucky there and I started digging deeper into it. Um, and I realized it wasn't just a fluke last year at new Paris. And, uh, I think I found the reason why, um, I haven't checked the fuel in the car yet, but I'm just, you know, I monitored my fuel mileage and practice pretty, pretty closely and I'm sure we were fine. And so that, that never really crossed my mind. Um, in the closing laps, even though we did have quite a few yellows, I knew, uh, I knew we'd have enough to go to, to go the distance safely. Now we had, uh, we had Steve needles on the show a couple weeks ago and he said, you know, you go down to the summer sizzler and there's only one guy that leaves there happy. Uh, <laughs> is, is that, is that pretty, is that pretty right on? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of that way at any race. I feel like, you know, the only <laughs> guy that wins is the guy that, that leaves happy. But, uh, yeah, that's just a tough place to race at, man. You know, uh, like I said, it's just tight quarter mile racing and, uh, not a lot of passing. So you gotta, you gotta take the opportunities when you can, even if it's not an opportunity, guys try and take it, you know, but, uh, yeah, that place is, like I said, it's just tough to race at. You talked to me about what else you've been doing this year, obviously with, uh, COVID it's been hard to get to racing. Um, what else have you been behind the wheel at? Where have you been playing at? Um, really just, uh, you know, I ran a four or five outlaw races and uh two sprint car races and that's about it really just had a lot of things get canceled and uh but uh you know it looks like we got a pretty good schedule ahead of us the next few weeks so um hopefully can add some more races to uh to the schedule it'll be mostly sprint car stuff coming up here yeah you know uh, you you mentioned the sprint car uh you've been having some fun at, at anderson's expense this year haven't you yeah, we uh, we picked up a win in the Glen Nibel Classic again, and uh, we ran IRP and ran fourth there. We got uh, I'm running Wayne Stickney's wing sprint car this weekend at Lorraine. So, um, and we have uh, the night before the 500 the following week uh, with the non-wing car. That'll be a great event at uh, at Lucas Oil. So, and then of course we got the little 500 on September 5th. So 
Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, all in on the sprint car right now. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask you about the little 500 with it being delayed. And, and I just, you know, we've talked to the late model guys that run Anderson for the Red Bud and for anything else that's going on there. I cannot imagine uh, running around Anderson for that long or even for a normal, you know, shorter race at Anderson in a winged or non-winged sprint car as it is. Um, talk to me about what it takes to get the job done there in one of those vehicles. Yeah, I mean... Uh you know, they're really hard to drive, especially, you know, without the wing and, um, Anderson's pretty tough, but I would much rather race a sprint car at Anderson than a late model just cause, you know, it seems like there's more room and hmm. it's a little bit cleaner racing too, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, a it's a tough race. I've never finished it, so I'm probably not the right guy to ask, you know, <laughs> but, uh, well, that's, that, that can't maybe be. this year we can, yeah, maybe this year we can, uh, kind of put all that behind us and finish the job for once what's contributing to that do you think uh, i mean i can't imagine that that's a driver problem is it mechanical stuff that keeps going wrong uh well you know the first two years i ran i drove for uh, someone else and it was mechanical issues um the first year i took my own car which was 2018 um i got in a skirmish with like 60 laps to go or 65 laps to go and it and it was fine, but it tore the left front brake line off, so mm. that kind of ended the ended the race for me. And then last year, uh, I got spun around um, in traffic and uh, got against the wall. So, you know, a variety of both, I guess. Now, Tyler, last week we talked to uh, Tom and Tracy Hernley, uh, and, and they're the new owners of Corgan Oil Spartan Speedway, and uh, they kind of hinted that. Uh, they want to do something with the outlaw late models uh, to get them back there. They haven't ran there in several, several years, really. Would that be cool to have another track join new Paris, Kalamazoo, flat rock, Toledo, others that host big outlaw events uh, and specifically for the class itself? Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, I ran there twice in an outlaw late model and really enjoyed it. I think uh, I won one of the Sundays. I think they were called slugfest shows. Um, back then so yeah that would be great as long as as long as people support it you know that's the main thing drivers and fans um you know new paris we had a good turnout but there were a lot of bigger names that didn't come for reasons i don't know but uh yeah i just wish uh i just hope it you know gets a gets a good support and uh you know if uh the circumstances are right i know i'll be there you know, Rich made comment earlier when we wanted when we started talking to you about the Summer Sizzler that uh, you know it's going to be the Tyler Rorig benefit race. But I think of one track when I think of Tyler Rorig, I think of Kalamazoo Speedway, and and they obviously haven't raced at all this year. Um, how much are you missing that place right now? Oh man, a lot. Really, I'd give anything to race there. It's uh, it's my favorite racetrack, you know, and uh, it's a real shame we can't race there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully some things change and. You know, maybe we can at least get one race in by the end of the year. Um, yeah, it's just such a such a fun place to go race at. And as a driver and as a fan, you know, the facilities are nice. Just uh, the place I always look forward to. You know, uh, we talked about Anderson. We talked about some of the things coming up for you. It was just announced not too long ago that things are still on pace for Fort Wayne this winter. Um, are you going to be down there and uh, take part in the Rumble this year? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I haven't had very good results there. I usually leave that place saying I'll never go back, you know, <laughs> or never go back and race. I'll always go and watch, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I doubt I'll have anything to do there other than spectate with my friends. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, things change. And you talked about, uh, you know, coming up the next month or so, uh, pretty much, you know, relegated to the, to the sprint car. Um, we're actually kind of running out of options, uh, if we get too much further with the outlaw, aren't we? Yeah. Um, like I said, as of right now, I don't have a, I don't have any races scheduled really for the late model the rest of the year. Um, unless, you know, but that's kind of day to day at this point, as you guys know, the way, uh, the way schedules change and, um, you know, the way the restrictions get lifted or put on, I guess. Um, yeah. So. And you know me, I mean, we, I, I, I did, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk a little bit with uh, Ron Drager at the Arca race 
uh, a week ago at Toledo. And um, I don't think that he feels real. I don't know if he, if he's confident enough because it's all really out of their hands for the glass city 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a shame too, man. That's a, you know, it's a race. We all, me and dad both really enjoy going to. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, you know, M40 opened up last Friday and uh, I went up and uh, hung out there with some customers and they had a great turnout actually. Um, a ton of cars, I think over 150 cars, maybe more. And, um, good fan fan count they did uh, the whole social distancing thing really well so you know maybe they'll put on some outlaw shows or or maybe even some sprint car shows but they uh really uh really excited about that they did a they did a nice job there you know and i'm just and i'm guessing uh with uh you're probably hoping some miracle happens seeing you got four of those glass city 200 trophies in your guy's shop <laughs> oh yeah yeah like i said you know that's uh that's a place me and dad always look forward to running at, you know, and, uh, he, uh, he's really good there. Um, I've done okay there too, you know, just, uh, it's fast and big and wide, you know, that's a, that's a place, you know, like Steve needles. He's, he's always really fast there, man. He just has the worst luck, you know? (laughs) So, uh, that's, he's usually the guy to beat there. Tyler, uh, you know, with the climate of everything right now, I know that, uh, sometimes either the fans aren't there or victory lane interviews are cut off or not able to happen at all. But I want to give you a shot and a chance here to thank some people uh, who make it possible for you to do what you do, to climb in a race car and have some fun, and and specifically to get you to victory lane at the Summer Sizzler on Thursday. Yeah, sure. You know, on the late model side, we got Schneider Auto Sales and First Choice Auto Body. uh, They always help a lot um, on the late model side. And, uh, you know, really on on both cars, we got – CB Fabricating, they're, the, they're my main sponsor on the Sprint car. Um, they're in Anderson, Indiana, custom metal fabricator. They've, they've really helped me out on that. And, uh, you know, I got Evan Jackson racing engines in, uh, in both my Sprint car and my late model, Dad's late model, too. And we couldn't be happier with, uh, with the work those guys do. And uh, Penske Racing Shocks as well. You know, I think we got the best, uh, the best of suspension parts on the car and, and the best engines under the hood you know we can have so uh, all that stuff really really makes a difference and really helps us out Tyler we appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight congrats on the win and good luck with the rest of the season alright thanks guys alright we gotta take a break when we come back we'll talk to another guy who pocketed some big change this weekend Travis Stemler coming up on the other side don't go anywhere you're listening to Horsepower Happenings if you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results news and insight then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings every Monday night Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports from NASCAR to the world of outlaws then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region plus they sit down with industry professionals including drivers car owners track promoters and more find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at horsepowerhappenings.com and follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Racers know now more than ever, and, and let me tell you, if you don't have one, you're already behind for the 2020 season, but but listen up, there's a chance. Money should be spent wisely, and you need ease of use at the racetrack as well. Insert Hubco Metal Fabrication, racer-owned and operated. Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just upgrades like powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump cart are available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook, log on to hubcolifts.com, or you can call 269-838-0029. Hi, this is Jimmy McCune, driver of number 88 Muxie Racing Sprint Car, five-time champion, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France, and uh, we got a thing for guys that can win $10,000 in one fail swoop, Rich. Let us know who our next guest is. Uh, Zach, I've been spending a lot of time around this guy lately. That means he's been running good. Uh, This weekend, he picked up the biggest win of his career, winning the 75-lap Dan Stelay Memorial at the 32nd Annual Wood Tick at Merrick Speedway. Oh, by the way, he also grabbed over $10,000, including lap money, it was also his fifth consecutive win in the Anklam Racing number four machine. And I also 
Found out he also knows how to throw a party, but we'll leave that one right there. <laughs> uh, makes his home in Ionia, Michigan. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me on today. Man, first of all, whatever you are drinking or eating, I want some of it and a bunch of it because five in a row, most importantly, a huge win on Saturday. What a performance. Uh, you guys are just firing on all cylinders right now. Oh, we're just having a lot of fun at the track. We're gelling really well together. You know, all of us have our own little job at the track, and we're getting along, joking. You know, everything is just uh, its a really great team I got right now. Now let's go back to Saturday. Um, you really did look – we talked a little bit afterwards. You really looked to be on cruise control really for most of that event. Uh, you get a late race caution, and – now you have to race the race car because uh, Eric Spangler and Jeep Van Wormer are giving, giving you everything you can handle. Yeah, I could kind of feel the track going away a little bit um, there towards the late stages of the race, the line that I was running. And uh, I was trying to search around a little bit through the middle, the bottom, kind of feel it out. And uh, and then at the end there, I, I happened to look down coming out of turn two and I seen a blue nose piece and I was like oh I can't let this get away from me at this stage of the race and uh so uh my uh buddy Brandon Thurlby did it to me uh back in the day he'd be uh, I'd be on the bottom and he'd be on the outside and you could just hear his uh engine rev up and take off and there he went in like dust in the wind so he'd go off and win so I was like well if he's done it before I gotta try it so I just tried to man up and wheel the thing uh and uh, it paid off. Yeah, you know, we, we you, you talk about that late in the race, and and you like said you look go over and look, and you see that that blue nose. I mean, that's probably the guy that you beat that has more laps than anybody at that racetrack. Yeah, that's not a nose piece uh, with about five to go that you want to see um, <laughs> at Merritt Speedway. Uh, that one and a, a red nose. You don't want to see those two. <laughs> Uh, is a combo at Merritt Speedway. Well, Travis, let's talk about this weekend because it's not an easy weekend. Uh, you know, you, you have some fun when the checkered flag flies, but, man, um, the whole day or days leading up, uh, two-day event, you got to be on point all weekend to have a shot to win. Kind of take me through Friday through Saturday from qualifying to the odd evens to the start of the 75-lapper. Um, you guys were, were pretty close all weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um qualifying at first we didn't really think we had such a great lap you know it kind of just felt like okay uh we were just off a little bit but we qualified we ended up sixth overall but third in our group um which tells the group was pretty tough and uh so it started us outside pulling the heat race which is crucial because to get a a good you know like a win or a top two in the heat race puts you up there in that odd even feature and uh Luckily, we won the heat race, so that put us on the pole of the even feature. And then uh, the even feature is crucial because that gets you into the show. So you got to race pretty hard with that. And uh, we came up a little short on the even qualifying race. And uh, uh, last five laps got uh, passed. And then uh, luckily, we drew the two and... Uh, then it was uh, 75 laps on Saturday. We could uh, relax a little bit knowing that we were in the show and just had to focus on the A-Main. You guys got some rain right before race time. Uh, I call it right before race time. It was rain on the afternoon Saturday. Um, what was your thought about that racetrack at that point, having raced on it on Friday, having watched it uh, either take some rain or completely ignore the rain that fell? What were you thinking watching that track as, uh, as the rain fell and then as some race cars finally hit it? Uh, I knew uh, the track uh, prep guy, he, he went out there and opened up the track. And we, everybody was saying there's a chance of rain. And, and we really were like, you know, it looked like it, you know. But the forecast person said on Thursday, uh, imagine him and the tire chalk guys, you know, they got <laughs> something in common. They can get it wrong and they can, you know, be okay. So, But, you know, they said that no rain chance. And, um you know, here there's a chance of rain. Well, they went out and opened up the track, um, and and it, the rain just soaked it up. You know, it just it got deep in there, and 
and uh, finally when we got cars out there to pack it you know you just knew it was a little slimy but i think it was the best thing that ever happened to the track you know the race there was a top there was a middle there was a bottom uh i got to watch the race on dirt on dirt and it looked pretty interesting it looked fun to watch now obviously when you you know you kind of switch gears when when you put the helmet on and jump in that race car uh you know and and as drivers and I know the relationship that you have with Brandon, Leah, and obviously you had with Dan and the family. Uh, put the money and trophy aside. How much did it mean for you to win that race deep inside? Because uh, I think everybody saw you take a look to the sky in victory lane. Oh, I mean, that race was huge. I mean, Dan was, I mean, Dan would help just about anybody, you know, that in the pits and, uh, it was just huge to be with the family in victory lane, Leah, Josh, uh, Elena, just all of them, um, just to be there and, uh, celebrate that, you know, moment was huge and to see their faces afterwards and, and, uh, Brandon, he, you know, congratulated me and he was so happy. Um, it meant a lot, you know, Dan was a big part. I only didn't know Dan through Brandon and Leah, but you know, back when I ran modified, Dan used to help out Colin. So I was always with Colin and Dan too, when I was in my modified. So, um, so traveling around different tracks, you know, and always being next to Dan, you know, it was, um, we had a pretty good relationship and, and always, uh, laughed and, you know, had fun times together and, but it was just huge to win that race. It meant a lot. Plus, it was the wood pits, too. I mean, it's uh, an event that I've always wished to have my name on the back of a T-shirt, you know. Now it's it's stamped on there. So right. that was the goal a long time ago. Are you, are you are you first in line for next year's edition of the wood tick shirt? Oh, yeah, I definitely. I want, I want to be the first one printed. I want that thing right away. <laughs> I'm going to just put it up in my trophy room. I, t I interviewed him in victory okay. lanes i interviewed him in victory lane zach and and he told me about the t-shirt and i'm thinking this is a cool trophy it's five yeah. six feet tall he's got ten thousand dollars and he's worried about his name on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> well you know i can't go wrong with that i can understand that travis that's kind of the enshrinement right it's engraved in history forever we uh you know when when we were helping with the wood tick last year um, you know, that's where you go to. You find an old, you see somebody wearing an old wood tick shirt and you look because it's got all of the names from 31 years of history on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you get to be a part of that now forever. I, it, it's so cool. I, it's like I said, uh, it was a dream come true to win that race, uh, and for it to be Dan's memorial race. There was just so many, um, I just can't explain it. It's still like, hasn't kind of sunk in, you know, you keep watching the race, but all of it, like the history of the track, the, the race itself, Dan's memorial, it's, it's a overwhelming abundance of joy. Talk to me about you and the Anklam racing team right now. It is like someone flipped a switch, um, you know, about what, three or four weeks ago. Um, because you were running consistent, Travis, but I think if, if you know, we, we buy into what some people were saying, it was like, well, Travis is running good, but he can't close the deal here in this number four car for some reason. What changed? Uh, because all of a sudden you went from running good to now Travis Stemler's the guy to beat anywhere in the state all of a sudden. Um, what what did you guys do different there? I don't, I don't know if we've really done anything different. I think we're just finally capitalizing on on fine tuning things for later stages in the race. You know, it's, it's, we took all the races, you know, and, and you talk to each other. We have great communication. You know what Chad and Brandon can see on the outside of the track, but I feel inside the cockpit. And, uh, we've talked about how the later stages of the race, how the cars have changed, um, you know, attitude wise. And, and we've just, kind of brainstormed and and we've come up with you know just little solutions here and there and and it's got us to where we're going to the racetrack doing the same thing every night now just being consistent now zach i gotta tell you i, I got it i wasn't gonna do this but I, I gotta give travis a hard time here for a minute 
they saved to dash for cash because of the rain delay right after the 75 lap feature. So there was one, they, they ran the two dash for caches afterwards. Travis came in, put on some tires, and he must have had a 75 lap car because that thing was junk in the dash <laughs> for cash for $1,500. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, so as soon as the green flag come out, I was like racing with Don a little bit, and then I seen him kind of go, and I'm like, Man, I really want a beer and celebrate this uh, $10,000 win race. So I was like, one more car passes me, it's game over. I'm pulling off. So so I was ready to go back with the crew and, and celebrate. Even though there was money on the table, it was uh, it uh, it was time to go back and, and have some fun with the uh, hardworking crew and family and, and everybody that was involved with this win. Tell me about what's next, right? So you bag $10,000, you win five races in the course of like, I don't know, six or seven events. Um, what, what, is, what is next for Travis Stemmler? Obviously, you're still leading, and you've opened up that lead now over Rusty Schlenk in the uh, All-Star Performance Challenge Series. That pays $10,000 to win the championship prize, and just a handful of races left in that series. What are you eyeballing here as we get down toward uh, the end of the season? Uh, we're going to um, still do the All-Star Performance Series, and then uh, we're going to try to run that week of the Hell Tour uh, coming up. Um, so we'll try to kick off in uh, Kankakee, Illinois, on Tuesday. Um, and then we're just going to follow the whole tour as long as, you know, no cancellations or anything due to COVID. But we're going to try to do that just to get us out and uh, run against uh, some different people at different tracks. Um, and just try to make ourselves better and uh, keep running around here and uh, just keep hitting, missing tracks as we go. Just, yeah. It's kind of fun. On Monday, uh, me and Chad, you know, I'm at work and he's at work and give each other a call, and that's where we decide to go on Fridays and Saturdays as we decide on Monday. You know, I was so that we can let everybody know. I was thinking about that. I would almost like to talk to Chad right now because when you got this ride over the winter and we talked to you, you said, you know, Chad and I are going to kind of, uh, you know, share the seat time. Whoever wants to drive will drive this weekend. Um, I got a sneaking hunch. He really doesn't want to pull you out of this car right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, right now things are going pretty good. I, I think he's pretty happy, but. You know, we uh, we let him go pack the track in on Saturday, so we we gave him that uh, opportunity to take her out there for a little bit. <laughs> that, that, that was that was awful nice of you, Travis, to let him do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he did a great job too. He did awful. So, uh, so Chad gets a little credit for the win then, right? Because he, he he went out there on track with the car and seen what it needed, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we I got to actually sit on the pit bike and watch the cars go around. So. It's a little different there. That's funny. <laughs> different view. Travis, uh, congratulations, man, on, on uh, getting the big win. I know it's a very popular win as well. Um, and it was just the sights of the sights from the race were very cool, uh, from Rich covering it and from just seeing everybody uh, congratulating you and giving you high praise. Um, how cool is it for you to see the fans and even, you know, your sponsors and your car owners and your friends just react to you winning this race? Oh, it was huge, you know, uh, um, just the fact that, like, even I went to scale right away just because of 75 laps. I didn't want to take no chances of firing it up, you know, having it sit there and, and you know, losing more fuel. And just the people that were lined up in the in the lane, you know, when I was coming through, giving me high fives and the fist pumps and just everything. When I, when I finally got to victory lane, everybody was, jumping around you know the sleighs and you know my wife and my daughters and you know the car owner Kayla Chad you know it was just like it was just so cool like and and like I said the event was so huge uh it's wood tick I mean everybody wants to win a wood tick and I've tried so many years to try to get one um and then afterwards we uh we did have a little party um we didn't go to bed at early at all so um but it was so cool i had to ask a friend to take a picture of the crowd that was there after the race because uh it's just a racing family and there were so many people to support me with this win and and i can't thank them enough and it uh it was very uh pretty cool deal for sure 
And Zach, I can I, I can follow up with that. I was in Victory Lane. Travis went back to the scales, and it was silence in the grandstands, just waiting. <laughs> and finally, that four car appears coming out of turn two, and the crowd erupts. It was amazing. It was one of the one of the mo- one of the things I'll remember from the entire weekend. I thought it was so cool. Well, Travis, congrats again on behalf of Rich and myself. Uh, great showing. And good luck with what's to come. Uh, you know, that Challenge Series is really heating up right now as we go down the stretch. So good luck with that. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you in Victory Lane again soon. I sure hope so. I just uh, I can't thank enough, uh, you know, Inklum Racing and Great Lakes Directional Drilling, Chad and Kayla. Uh, they're giving me everything, you know, dreams, you know, everything. They're just uh, big supporters. They love the racing just like us. Uh, I can't thank my wife and my two daughters enough for their support, my mom and my dad and my grandpas. And uh, and then I can't thank our sponsors enough, you know, like Integra Racing Shocks, uh, Rocket Chassis. I can't thank uh, um, McAllister Cat Rentals enough, um, AP Smiley Contracting, QZEC Collision, uh, Gary and Sharon Patrick, Positive Cleaning, Fist Trucking, Twisted Monkey, uh, Vermeer, Pro Power Racing Engines, um, Class A Auto Parts, uh, Prime FX, just everybody, Buddha's drinking team, just everybody that is a part of this. I can't thank them enough for being a part of our race team and helping us out. All right, Travis, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Good luck down the road. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Rich, with so much to cover, uh, we we got in just at the wire. As a matter of fact, we're a little over time tonight. But uh, such a big weekend, so much racing action. Got to thank Tyler and Travis for joining us tonight. And, of course, thank the other drivers that took some time out of their evening to catch up with us at the races. Appreciate them. And uh, we're going to do it all over again this weekend. Great Lakes Super Sprint's back in action from Merritt Speedway on Saturday. So hope you can join us there. Yeah, I'm, I might. I don't know what I'm going to do this week, week, Zach. I had a long three days up at Merritt. Uh, maybe I can find something, or or maybe I'll just make you work this weekend. How's that? <laughs> that works for me for sure. So for Rich France, for Scott Menlin, who owns Horsepower Happenings, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Have a great week, and we'll talk next Monday, same time, same place, right here, Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.